No Direction Network presents Pfizercon 2022 Seminar Coverage. For more great convention coverage, check out NoDirectionPodcast.com. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to The Drift in Crisis. This is a Starfinder panel that is celebrating everything about the Drift Crisis, which is cause for celebration for us as creators and, and you as players and GMs, if not for the people whose stories are actually happening in our setting. Um, but uh, so this is a hardcover book that has just come out and is fueling all sorts of upcoming adventures. But those sorts of adventures are nothing without great characters. So before we get started on things, let's go ahead and uh, introduce the panelists and uh, folks who are joining us. How about starting with you, Joe? Hi, I'm Joe Pacini. I'm Starfinder's lead designer, and I'm also one of the lead developers on the hardcover Drift Crisis book. And Sol? Uh, hi, yeah, I, I'm Sol St. John. I'm an editor at Paizo, and I'm specifically the uh, editing lead on the Drift Crisis hardcover, the uh, Drift Crashers AP tie-in, and I also wrote one of the uh, adventure seeds for the hardcover which we're going to hear a little bit more about in just a bit too. Uh, I'm John Compton. I'm Starfinder Senior Developer. Uh, along with Joe Pacini, I was one of the development leads for this book. Um, and it's really a different book than we've ever done before. Like when it, you look back at a lot of the Starfinder books, it's like, behold, a lot of character options, or there are some aliens, or uh, let's explore the setting some. And in fact, a lot of our books are all of those a little bit at the same time. There's no real, this is a player book, or this is a GM book paradigm for Starfinder. It's a little bit for everybody. But Drift Crisis is yet another category where instead of saying, this is a setting, it's more, this is an event. Um, and and getting there was was kind of a process. Um, Joe, do you remember kind of how we started to get into like the drift crisis? Um, how we how we started being like how why should we why should we do a book like this? There's so many reasons, right? And I'd love to hear your take on it too. But um, you know, it's 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 tough. We have a unique challenge, I think, in a galaxy spanning setting where you know, world ending threats are kind of a drop in the bucket <laughs> to some extent. It's like, if you are, if you and your party are from some world way out in the vast, why do you care that Castrobel in, in the packed world is gonna blow up uh, thanks to some machinations of some evildoer? Uh, you, you might, well not, you might not have even heard of <laughs> Castrobel. Um, so what, what in a, a single world based setting might be, you know, cause for great adventure and, and a matter of uh, the utmost import to everyone in the setting in a galaxy full of worlds, it's a little less so. So we were talking about, you know, what, we, there are a lot of reasons, like I said, but one of the one of the big things that we felt might be missing in Starfinder is this galaxy-wide impetus for action. That's something that unifies everybody. And, and we very early on started talking about the drift, right? The drift is something that touches, which is our faster than uh, light speed, uh, method of travel in Starfinder, the primary one that most people have access to. Uh, and having that go haywire, uh, as as we'll discuss in this next hour, uh, just opens up infinite possibilities for all kinds of adventures, including ones that you wouldn't necessarily expect um, just from travel being disrupted. Uh, but it's a, it's a big deal, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, the idea of um, something that unites the galaxy, that, like you said, is, is really important. And uh, for me, an event like this is also one where it's it's handy to have a clear start and a clear, or at least a pretty clear 
end point. Um, the drift crisis will eventually get resolved, to be clear. Um, but the fun part about uh, the start of the drift is that it starts with this thing called the drift crash, which is where you know anybody who was traveling in the drift at the time um, has random stuff happened to them. They might have disappeared entirely or gotten spat out somewhere they didn't expect or even gotten torn apart or who knows. And like, as we have with the art that's being shown right now, you know, some people get dropped off in places that they are not at all expected uh, to handle. But that's the very basis of like being adventurers, isn't it? Um, and it can be the sort of thing where you can now even uh, start one of these adventures, like just start your campaign with the drift crash. Um, and you suddenly have a great survival uh, situation. Or if you want, this can be the sort of thing where um, you can do the drift crash in the middle of your ongoing storyline, if you so desire. The drift crisis is really designed in order to be, yes, a thing that unites the entire galaxy, but that you as your gaming group can determine how much or how little you want to incorporate it. So if you want to pivot to be a drift crash or drift crisis campaign, totally awesome. If you just want it to be a background event that people are hearing about while you're doing your existing thing, also totally cool, but it gives that common thread to explore. Yeah, there's two things uh, that that brings to mind that we'll talk about as in this panel a little bit more, but one is that we have advice for existing adventure paths, everything from Dead Suns up to Fly Free or Die. There is there is content in there that tells you how to incorporate the Drift Crisis into those storylines. So you don't have to drop whatever campaign you might be in and pick up the Drift Crisis, you can you can smoothly incorporate it. And the other thing is uh, going back to what John was saying about uh, you know all our books having stuff for GMs, stuff for other players. This is no exception. And a, a lot of the player content in this book, even though it's themed to Drift, cri uh, drift Crisis stuff, um, it's usable all over the place. Like, so for example, one of the adventure seeds, and we'll talk about what those are in a moment, uh, is about chaos on Absalom Station uh, for reasons. Uh, but the feats in that section are usable in any sort of chaotic urban environment, which you might find uh, as you travel the galaxy. So you don't have to, as a player, you don't need to be signed up for any of these specific sub subplots in order to use the options that we're cramming into this book for you. Yeah, and I'm thinking back to, um, and so I'll jump in whenever uh, with, with your own thoughts on this too. Um, I'm thinking back to when we were sort of planning out the Drift Crisis and thinking like, okay, we know that we want to do an event um, to kind of unite the people, like what do we want to focus on? The, doing it stuff with the Drift was, like the Drift is one of the top five concepts that builds the Starfinder setting. So if somebody's just going to have a quick primer of, of what Starfinder is, the Drift is probably coming up. So it's a very quick like, hey, we're messing with this thing that everybody depends on and, and it has big value. Um, but also uh, the drift itself is really, really, really easy to use both in game, but also as just a player or as a GM. It's, you can go wherever, it's fantastic. But as we started to explore some of our like plot lines and especially some classic science fantasy and sci-fi tropes, we realized that the drift kind of cancels out some of those. I remember the author for uh, uh, Tech Revolution, um, who I had working on some of the transit articles, was like, I just realized that space piracy doesn't work. We like have the free captains and whatnot, but like 
where, where do they actually rob people or waylay people? Because when you're traveling the drift, like there's there's no like road to camp out on. You really just have to kind of orbit a planet and hope that somebody pops out near you and go, oh my gosh, it's that, um, and pull out what, know, your space cutlasses or, or whatever the heck you're doing. Um, and so kind of messing with the drift a little bit has been our, is also kind of a way for us to uh, shake things up a bit uh, to not only enable some current storylines, but to possibly open up some future possibilities for how we can uh, approach some of those storylines or tropes or concepts in the future um, in a mildly revised setting. Like this is not going to be a thing where after the drift crisis, like everything's new and different, but it's like, hey, this is our chance to kind of, uh, you know, tweak things here and there. Um, and importantly, this is an opportunity for you as players and GMs to be part of that process um, and take as much or as little credit for it as you like. And of course, the, exci uh, the exciting part for players and GMs too is uh, getting to explore one of the, one of the most exciting parts I think of the having it tied into the drift is that um, the drift is in while it's fundamental to the setting, it's also one of the most mysterious elements of the setting because you know it's it's this thing that came out of basically nowhere and Triune itself is uh, a god that nobody really understands the intention of triune or what the drift is really for and it's always had this vaguely ominous uh element to it and then it suddenly stops working right and it things it, it winds up uh, pulling a lot of things out of the woodwork um bringing a lot i think out of the, the setting that uh maybe was lying under the surface uh just, just bring uh, some mystery, opening open the chance to explore some mysteries that weren't weren't necessarily on people's minds before. I really like that part about um, bringing to the surface some of the some of the mysteries and whatnot. Because one of the fantastic things about working on and outlining uh, Drift Crisis is that we were able to look at um, basically anything in our setting and say, how would the Drift Crisis affect this? And include that in what we prompted our authors to, to write up. Um, and it's been a cool opportunity to go back to some of the places that, you know, might have seemed like a, a, a one-time deal and say, okay, hey, you remember this place? We're, we're back there now. It's fantastic. Uh, except, of course, there it's all in chaos. Um, and I think that speaks to a lot of the variety of stories that we can tell with the Drift Crisis. Uh, and that shapes what the book is like. There's a whole lot of the book that is dedicated to what we call adventure seeds, which are almost like reading an outline for one of our adventure paths, uh, adventure paths um, that we would send out to our authors and say, we need to hit this story prompt. We need to have some of these villains. Like these are, this is how the uh, narrative is developing. Um, instead of these being like, room by room adventures. These are more providing you a really detailed framework for how you can create your own variety of campaign. And we did that partly because we realized looking at this, we couldn't just tell a Drift Crisis story or even two or three Drift Crisis stories across our like uh, standalone adventures or adventure paths. We had to share how to do as many Drift Crisis stories as possible. And I think that really gets us into like, Okay, so now that we've done the drift crash, like how messed up is the galaxy? What what does it mean that we have the drift crisis, guys? Like, what's going on? Yeah, there's uh, and you know, 
Just a brief primer of the drift for folks who maybe are not sure what's in crisis here. It is the way to travel faster than light in the Starfinder setting. It access to it is via technology only. It's a it's a plane of existence, a transitive plane that lets you pop in to a random spot, kind of travel, and then pop out uh, where you want to be much faster than the centuries or millennia it would take to to go there during you know in normal space, the material plane, um, and so that about 300 years ago was made available to basically everyone in the galaxy via uh, a signal from Triune, this deity. Uh, and as Sol said, it's it's very mysterious. Why, why did this happen? Why did it happen when it happens? We don't really know for sure. Um, uh, but in the book, we cover kind of the status quo of the drift, and then we talk about what has gone wrong, which is quite a few things, unfortunately, for as, you, as John said, like exciting for us, but not maybe so much for the people living it uh, day to day. So maybe we should talk about some of the the things that are going wrong now with the drift. One thing that I'll add to it is that, um, actually two very quick points. One is that we tell you some basic mechanics of how the drift operates now that the drift is in crisis. Um, and it, it's kind of a, hey, it, using the drift is really dangerous and unpredictable now, but it's not quite impossible. So it leaves open that door of possibility for exceptionalism, where if you still want to be using a bit of drift travel to facilitate your narratives, that's available. But most people in the setting are like, no, thank you. Absolutely not. Have you read the news articles? Uh, the second thing I'll add quickly is that the drift is also the means of intergalactic communication. So in addition to travel being kind of borked, uh, a lot of the communication is, is messed up. So people aren't necessarily even getting a consistent message in the setting of what's happening where. There's a lot of confusion there. And, and the great thing yeah, about covering as many... Oh, sorry. Mm -hmm. so, the great thing about covering as many adventure seeds as we're covering, because keep in mind, we're covering 20 different adventure seeds in this book. Uh, and they cover the wide range of the galaxy from Absalon Station to the Viscarium to uh, Alluvion set in the drift itself to uh, random planets out in the vast where people have just randomly crashed to just widespread corners that you can't even, that people, uh, you know, you haven't thought about for a while. These are uh, set all over the entire universe. You really get a, a good sense of how much this event affects the entire universe, and it's 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 great. It, it really does give, even if you just touch on one or two of the ideas, it does give you a sense of how big this event really was. Joe, you were going to jump in? Yes, what was I going to say? Well, you know, I'm inspired now to talk about adventure seeds um, because each one of these 20 that Sol mentioned and wrote one of them um, has, you know, background on what's going on, um, which, you know, is for GMs more than players, uh, but players are free to usually read at least the introduction to see kind of what's going on. Um, it mentions factions. Each adventure seed talks about factions, which we have a section in the book that details some factions that are becoming more prominent as well as the ones you'd expect, like Starfinders, for example. What are they up to during this event? Uh, but also some interesting factions that we have maybe only name dropped or like barely visited, but are now becoming very important in the light of this event. Um, there's also a rough level range on you know what's what kind of adventure this might be appropriate for, uh, what kind of adventurers, and then uh, GM resources, including a new creature for every adventure seed. So 
uh, or an NPC of some kind. So there's a big section of 20, 20 new creatures uh, to throw at your players. And then, um, of course, player options with each one. Like I said before, they're thematically tied to the adventure seed, but they're not you're not required to participate in that adventure seed to gain access to those things. So, uh, yeah, adventure seeds are cool, and they are a big part of this book. <laughs> that was like my main yeah. point, I guess. <laughs> and and you you mentioned uh, you know a whole bunch of the like uh, background that is most that is primarily for the GM, and I think it's important to note for this book, uh, the first chapter provides a lot of overview and general information as well as player options. Uh, but even where we are presenting facts or apparent facts about the drift crisis, um, we have presented a lot of that stuff in the realm of possibilities. So you're going to find chapter one is really player friendly and low spoiler. Um, and it might be like, you know, you can look at it and, and it's like, yeah, we should talk about what caused the drift crisis is chapter one. Uh, was it this thing? Was it that thing? Was it that thing? Um, what's happening with Triune? Like, was it A, B, C? And, and it presents basically all of these things as equally plausible. And in chapter three of the book, we do provide a, a what Pies is going to be considering a canonical cause and eventual closure to the uh, drift crisis. But if you see something in chapter one or anything in chapter two that really strikes your imagination that you want to say is in fact the real cause of the drift crisis for your own campaign, you are totally welcome to use that stuff. Like each one of them is creating their own series of storylines. Um, like even the idea of speculating what is happening with Triune, like we have a, uh, I think it's uh, image number two that we can pull up of Triune pulling itself apart. Like, is the drift crisis a thing? Because Tryon was just like, there are three parts of me and I can't handle it anymore. We're, we're breaking up and it's like tearing itself apart. Like what, what happened to Tryon? And like chapter one tells you, even Tryon's priests have been trying to contact their deity and basically they're getting a 404 Tryon not found uh, sort of response. So like, and they're getting all sorts of flack because everybody's like, why is my drift broken? Why is my internet down? Tryon priests solve this. And they're like, we're not customer support. Like, what do you want from us? Um, level of thing. Uh, I think it, 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 it also, like, in addition to that being some fun, like, background information, it can also even be a great thing if you're playing a drift crisis-focused campaign to have that be one of your characters, be a, a Tryonite who's really, really frazzled about this whole thing and is taking it upon themselves to be, like, part of the solution because they sure as heck don't know what caused the issue. Um, you're here now. Yeah, there's, there's a great section Absolutely. in the book on some detailed uh, potential causes and then a table that's just a bunch of like random possibilities. Uh, some of my favorites are that Triune is kind of just co-opted the drift and its actual creators are back now and they're not happy and they're kicking everyone out. Um, <laughs> another is that, you know, when you use the drift, you're kind of pulling in pieces of other planes at random and other planes have gotten sick of that. And so now some powerful planar entities are banding together to just take back what's theirs and destroy the drift. And then, of course, there's I mean, the hoax the, theory because yeah. uh, there's always going to be people that are like, ah, it's not real. <laughs> yeah, the drift absorbed uh, pits of planes and one of them happened to be the equivalent of a drift virus. And now the drift is sick. Um, yeah, like yeah. whatever it is that you want, like have fun with it. And whatever uh, rumors you want to seed as kind of that, like the barks that people overhear as they're like gathering information to try and be like, what caused the thing? Like. 
give them 13 different rumors and tell tell them nothing about which one is true or false and just watches your players go batty uh trying to come up with their own theories and add another 13 to it um yeah so uh in addition to in addition to some of the more technical stuff that's happening with the drift like there is all of this chaos that's following so like hey tr transit breaks down and now people are desperate for various things whether it's supplies or military backup or whatever this is a time of opportunists as well so if ever you wanted to like have skeezy uh npcs taking advantage of unfortunate situations or even if you are playing some of those skeezy uh mercenary folks who, who want to be um pirates of their own making then this is this is truly your era um, this is an opportunity to, to also be the isolate, kind of, kind of turn what is a big, big galaxy of the Starfinder setting into a tiny little um, sphere of influence, if you want, where it's like, suddenly we can't just leave. Suddenly we can't rely on backup to show up in at most 5d6 days. Um, we are the only solution available. What do? Yeah, it's surprising how many personal stories you can tell, too, because, you know, people have disappeared. So one of the factions that we cover in great detail is the Eyes Wide Agency, which is a group of psychics that tracks people down. And they their business is booming because there's suddenly a lot of people missing. Uh, and you might interact with them. You might maybe become one. You might... Uh, you, you might spend all of the drift crisis just trying to track down one person, you know, rather than trying to solve the entire drift crisis for the whole galaxy. Um, it's kind of whatever you want to have happen. It, it reminds me of one of my favorite adventure seeds too, is uh, called Blazing Speeds, where there's a starship manufacturer claiming to have a safe alternative to drift travel. And without spoiling too much, you have to figure out what in the hell is going on, wink, wink, um, because <laughs> it's, not, it's not all necessarily above board. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and likewise, uh, uh, talking about taking advantage of the chaos. Um, honestly, one of mine, m one of my favorites is the, the the adventure scenes taking place with um, the fact that Absalom Station winds up becoming uh, because the Starstone is there. Uh, it winds up attracting a whole ton of refugees. And uh, they, they wind up having a major refugee crisis on Absalom Station. And there's a lot of detail given to this one adventure seed about, or actually there's, there's a couple of adventure seeds dealing with the, the potential uh, 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 refugee crisis on Absalom Station and just the details of not just the, of, of both the uh, the, the the administrative details of trying to organize, you know, how do you uh, like? It's already hard enough to maintain, you know, a space station full of people where you can't uh, produce your own food the, the way you can on a planet. But then you suddenly, you know, triple the the the, the civilization there, uh, the population there, and suddenly you have all these more people to see. And how do you do that? Uh, but then there's of course people trying to take advantage of the people there and uh, people pushing against the refugees the, the way that you see in the real world and then they're running out of space so they start opening up some of the layers that, where the, the the ghost layers where uh you've got unfortunate or the, the the it's not ghost layers i don't think it's called ghost, uh, ghost levels. levels ghost levels that's it the, the ones where 
the, the ones where dark and mysterious things are hiding in the depths of Absalom Station where people have never gone, and it's all just real interesting, fun, compelling drama, and you never have to leave Absalom Station. Yeah, and, and other stuff that's uh, happening on Absalom Station and beyond is kind of tied into that technology angle of, of how the drift operates, where, like, this is a science fantasy setting. Like, we have a lot of magic going on, and there's been three centuries of drift dominance and almost even some kind of technological technology being the, the narrative of the galaxy in many ways. And now that uh, a big portion of technology appears to be broken, it's a time for magical resurgence. And some of it's like, we just are going to use magic to solve our problems. And a little bit of it is, is some of the, these magicians coming in and being like, neener, 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 uh, we told you so. Um, and so there's an entire drift uh, or adventure seed that is about the followers of, of the Loratu, uh, God of Magic, who have for a long time been looking at drift travel and being like, there's got to be a catch. Or why can't we have something like that? I bet magic could be a solution here. And now that the drift crisis has happened, they're like, now is our chance. And also, we told you so. Um, and maybe even some of them saying, maybe this is our chance just to get rid of all technology uh, entirely. And it's been whatever version of um, kind of magical faith saying wait a second now's our now's our moment uh you can tell that sort of narrative we, we have some uh good uh good image image number three i think this chaos on absalom station um is a great moment of like look we can be we, we can be having all of those street corner uh preachers being like this is the real cause and whatever it is their their particular agenda is that you want to spin into a story you totally can do these people in fact have an interesting magical solution? Uh, you know, magic sometimes has components, material components, costly material components. Uh, if they have a solution, at what cost does it come? Um, a lot of our adventure seeds, you're going to find these, um, what, I, what I oftentimes enjoy in uh, adventure narrative is to be able to provide uh, enough fun adventure narrative to support the main theme of the thing, and then to slowly introduce some of the elements that uh, provide some moral ambiguity to it or some implication or indication of upcoming choices that the PCs are going to make that can take the conclusion in many different ways. And uh, the the uh, Circles Within Circles adventure seed, which ties into Alorotu's faith, is very much one of those where it's like, at what cost? And you as the player is having to make that decision of which cost is really worth it? Like whose side are we really on? And you get to make that choice again and again uh, in interesting ways. Um, so I'm really excited about that one. Yeah, and that goes um, back to having factions detailed in the book is super helpful because uh, even if they're not mentioned in the adventure seat as being involved, they totally can be, especially when you get into the Absalom Station ones, everybody's there. And uh, the Mord is another faction that we've talked about before. And they're, they're people who are always against drift travel, I think mostly because you're tearing up random pieces of other planes when you use a drift engine. And that's not necessarily that cool uh, to be doing to other planes. Um, so now they, they are another told you so faction, right? And their numbers are increasing and they're political influences increases because people are like, oh, maybe you were right that we shouldn't have been relying on this particular technology. Um, and uh, that also leads to, um, I, I wanna mention our, 
our NPC section, we have a couple NPC profiles in the back, a couple, I mean, six, I think, um, mm -hmm. including Alexa Guriani, uh, who is who is one of the first pilots in the drift ever. Um, she's an Android, so she's long lived and she actually disappeared for a long time. Uh, but she she returned with the drift crash. What a coincidence. Um, and now she's sort of involved with the Mord. And, and it's cool because if you go back to like our first article about the drift, like uh, outside of the core rule book was in AP number four, I think, Adventure Path number mm -hmm. four. And there's a quote from her saying like, you know, we're, we're checking out the drift. It's cool. But what, what is the price here? Like, why, why have we been given this gift of, 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 of you know, intergalactic travel um, so freely? Like what, what will try and ask of us in return kind of foreshadowing maybe what's happening now, maybe not, but uh, certainly uh, her return to the scene uh, is, adds a lot of question, interesting questions to explore that, you know, like John and, and Sol have been saying, it lets you tell a lot of different stories. And, and with your or mention you of like, <laughs> and, and, and as you mentioned with like, you know, the drift tears bits of other planes, like the drift is a plane. And like most of our planes that we create for Pathfinder and Starfinder have uh, one or more big categories of outsiders that are associated with them. And the drift is no exception. We, we introduced Spectra a while ago. So like, I bet that, like, what, how are the Spectra responding to all of this? Uh, uh, I'm pretty sure that, so this is something that you wrote pretty extensively about, in fact. Yeah, actually, the, that was, um, that, that is the subject of my, uh, of my adventure seed. Um, in this little part, because I, I, I love outsiders. They're one of my favorite things in a fantasy setting. Um, so I volunteered for the, the Spectra tied in AP, uh, adventure seed. Um, so the one that I wound up writing is called uh, Spectra Corrupted. Uh, it's and it does deal with how the Spectra are dealing with the uh, the events of the Drift Crisis. And the the short version is not well. Um, they, <laughs> uh, yeah, as you can expect, they're probably they're a little traumatized by having their entire plane just kind of shut down, and they're they're all not not really. Um, they, they've kind of been cut off from Triune the same way as everything. They've had the same kind of disconnect as everyone else, and they're. Uh, it's interesting because we, we, of course, we, because of course, the Spectra is mysterious to anything else about the Drift. Like we, we've always been kind of given this implication that the Spectra have a mission, like they're serving some kind of. Uh, the Spectra are always presented like they're bringing messages and. Uh, keeping contact with the people in the other planes and doing serving some kind of purpose for the drift and so when the drift suddenly stops working the spectra suddenly lose their purpose and they don't know what to do with themselves anymore um and what they wind up doing at least in the adventure seed is uh, rallying behind one particular uh Wisperia spectra one of the higher level uh tree of knowledge type spectras, the ones who uh, were known to collect information about other planes and generally act as like personal librarians. Uh, what she uh, starts rallying people to, she, she winds up just, uh, she winds up rallying other spectra to joining her and thinks that, in the, the short version here is that she thinks that she's, part of 
triune. Um, mm-hmm. And specifically, she starts calling herself... She thinks that she's Cassandra Lee. Short version. One um, of triune's aspects. One of triune's aspects, yeah. She thinks that she is Cassandra Lee, and so people start calling her false Cassandra. And she's fine with that because her ultimate goal is to reunite Triune. And so she starts, because that gives the Spectra something to work for, they start working towards this goal together because they need, they were created for a purpose. They need a purpose now. Uh, and so as long as they, that, that gives them something to work towards. But of course, not all of them, not all of them fall to her, not all of them work towards their side. They're all independent creatures. They're just like anyone yeah. else. They have their own factions. Yeah, and, but and it is interesting. One thing I'll add to that. Uh, first off, uh, we have uh, image five of False Cassandra that we can share as well. Um, yeah. Just showing how some, some spectra uh, get a little frazzled by what has happened <laughs> and decide that now is, the time for, <laughs> now is the time for a little bit of a visual change up to represent how I feel about life and existence. Um, so, uh, I, I mean, you think your pandemic hair is bad. False Cassandra has, has her own opinions. Um, <laughs> but uh, one of the other things is that uh, the Spectra are kind of this uh, flexible element in whatever Drift Crisis story you're telling and kind of illustrate how you can take some of these adventure seeds and if you want, mash several of them up together and just pull the pieces that you want into a, a complex narrative. Um, but that uh, just as we as players... Uh, we as pl- player characters don't necessarily know what did or did not cause the drift crash. Um, and just as uh, various characters in the uh, story might be blaming different people, the Spectra are doing the same thing. When they try to access Triune and say, hey, God, what's up? Uh, and get no answer. They're like, okay, we solve our own problems. And some of them are you know, blaming the priests of Triune. Some of them are blaming just everybody using the drift. Like, was the drift travel evangelism a lie? Some of them are blaming each other. Like, if if you want to incorporate rogue spectra or upset spectra or even desperate spectra who think they might be able to help solve things if just they had a little bit of extra help, um, like any of those things are great ways to use spectra from all the way from solid ally to most vengeful enemy. Um, this neutral aligned creature type can can serve any role in this crisis uh, because. They're all over the place now. Including, uh, we have one of the exciting archetypes that we have for uh, players is tied into the Spectra, the, the Spectra Scion. So yeah, what that's that exciting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's just, it, it's pretty much what it sounds like. Well, not exactly. It's not exactly what it sounds like because it's not like the Spectra equivalent of a Geniekin or something, but it is somebody who is closely tied to the Spectra and has gotten, for whatever reason, their trust and their uh, benefits and gifts from the Spectra because they've managed to ally with one of them. And it's it's just a neat little extra connection if, you've, if you want to build a character who has for whatever reason befriended a spectra maybe you were maybe you got lost in the drift and somebody in a spectra helped you maybe you found a spectra who got wounded after the drift crisis and put them back together lots of possibilities yeah and and like joe mentioned earlier in this panel like this is one of those great character options where it sure is fantastic for the drift crisis but that if you wanted to use it for any other campaign it it's timeless so have fun with it 
Yeah, there, that's um, a great point. There are four, four themes, actually. Uh, there's And I will say Drift Crashed as a theme is pretty tied to the Drift Crisis. <laughs> uh, but there's there's Refugee, there's Opportunist, and then, as Sol said, there's the Spectra Scion. And those are all really interesting regardless. But, you know, going the other way, if you want to say, like, oh, we're going to start an adventure that is heavily Drift Crisis influenced, well, then you have the tools to, from the ground up, build a character that is fully drift crash drift crisis uh compatible or like you know infused with sort of that's how it, what's exciting to me is like having a character that comes out of this you know you were just you were just nobody before you were a traveling merchant or whatever and then the drift crash happened uh and ejected you into some random plane or the drift crisis you know disrupted your day-to-day -day life in any number of ways uh and that is what led you to adventuring, and that could be the seed of your character that will go on to outlive the drift, the drift crisis, right? That eventually mm -hmm. it will end, um, as you and your your table decides is appropriate, and then and you'll still have that sort of history of of uh, where you came from, and I think that's really cool. And the fact that it's an event, you know, we've been talking a lot about this hardcover book, and the next panel we'll be talking about uh, specific other products, other adventures that you can have. Um, and we've of course talked a lot about all the adventure seeds here, but this really is an event. Like this is something that's happening in Starfinder across every conceivable, you know, avenue of in playing Starfinder. So uh, it 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 is does it begins with this hardcover, but it does not by any means end there. Yeah, and I, I I like how you'd mentioned uh, kind of player tools at the beginning there because that brings up that like. It's not just tools for the players. We once we get to chapter three, we have all sorts of uh, really exciting tools that are more pointed toward a GM. Um, we had mentioned earlier in the panel that like that is where we we kind of provide a little sidebar of hey, if you want to know about the canonical end and cause, here's where it is. But uh, who, who who can talk about a little bit about some of the other tools that are showing up there? Uh, well, I'm oh, sorry. I've, I'll let Sol talk if you. <laughs> If you want, that I, oh, I'm also uh, excited. No, go, go ahead. Okay, cool. Go, go ahead. I was... So, all right, my bad. We got twenty. We got the twenty new creatures, right? Some of which are more NPCs than like alien kind of creatures, but there's all sorts of of weird and interesting stuff that again is thematically tied to specific adventure seeds, but can be used kind of anywhere. Then uh, we have like we have a secret treasures table, which is just a bunch of uh, treasure that's sort of sorted by value. So it can be applied to any group really, given out to any group. And it's just thematic stuff that is that is uh, sort of thematic to the drift crisis. Um, but- I love these really treasures Changes so the treasure. Yeah, I, I do too. It, it, it goes, you know, instead of finding, oh, you found another cred stick worth 10,000 credits. Um, you know, you found, uh, I don't know, let me look. There's a, a one 1,000 scale replica of an IO, Iomidean cathedral ship uh, with, you know, masterful craftsmanship or whatever. Um, I, I, I like how a lot of these set up... Crew. <laughs> I, I like how a lot of these um, treasures really set up their own micro-adventure hooks. Uh, and that's mm -hmm. that's really one of the uh, running marching orders that we were, were conveying a lot during the course of the, this book's production is like build in hooks, provide ways that people can look at this book and say, ooh, I want to play that or I want to tell that story. And a lot of these uh, treasures are ones that they find them and they're like, oh, wait, I know that we were trying to solve the drift crisis or whatever else we were doing, but 
like this 5,000 credit 17 through 18 result, a 200 year old bottle of Queen's best choice, a prestigious Sheeran wine from a now defunct winery has a holographic message projector projecting the note of bring this when you change your mind about our joint venture. And it has a set of coordinates in the past. And, and like, you know how players work. They're going to be like, we're supposed to save the universe, but wait, we could try and meet with whoever this person is who's probably been dead for a century and, and like put on a fake mustache and pretend to be whoever it is her contact was. Like, like that's just how players operate. <laughs> like, and and yeah. Starfinder is already a game of choices and opportunities and like this, this treasure table and its possibilities are, are no different. Yeah, that's, that's immediately followed by artifacts, four artifacts, um, which I'll not completely spoil, but there was one that is called The Glimpses of the Endless Horizon, which is a holy text of Waydan, and it helps you navigate with starships and stuff. But it also, if you want, could tie into one of the NPC profiles, which is another tool in the back here, or I call it the back in chapter three, uh, which is a profile of a, an NPC who, along with her crew, claims to be mortal avatars of Waydan. Um, and they've been mentioned before, but now you get to learn more about them, uh, about this captain and also the her crew, and uh, and you know make your own calls as to what what involvement they may or may not have with the the drift crisis in general, or this artifact, or however you want to sort of intertwine things. Um, it's really up to you. And then the other major tool I'd mention is the adventure path advice. If you are already in an adventure path. We, we tell you, hey, here's how you can kind of incorporate the drift crisis into that adventure path without, you know, throwing the book out and starting a whole new campaign, because obviously you made an investment in that adventure and we don't expect people to just, you know, stop, <laughs> stop caring about all the cool things that are happening in their current adventure. Um, so this is, this is like advice on uh, events and NPCs that might act differently or, or or play out a slightly different way because of the drift crisis happening, whether it's, you know, more in the background or more right, right in, in the foreground. So lots of, and if you're lots interested of more about that, and if you're interested in more about that, stick around for the adventuring and drift crisis panel right after this, which I will be popping over for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, and, and just one more thing to add on to what Joe had said about the adventure paths and crisis. Uh, specifically, those are not just how to convert adventure paths in general. They are about, hey, for this adventure path, here's what you could change. All the way from Dead Suns through Fly Free or Die. Uh, and while it doesn't necessarily cover any of the ones that follow that, if you read over a couple of those, you're going to see some patterns in, in how they start to, in the questions they start to ask of the adventure path and how they start to answer it. And that should inspire you uh, as a GM who might be running any of our later adventure paths like Horizons of the Vast to say, here's how I uh, want to change things up or here's how I want to incorporate uh, the drift crash. Um, so one of the phenomena that we oftentimes see um, is like, hey, whole brand new cool adventure has come out and, and people are like, I really want to play that, but I still, we, my group still has three volumes left of this AP. So we'll get to you in a year. And we're like, no, play it now. Um, so, <laughs> so this is a really different approach to how we present some of our adventure content is, is showing you how you can adapt or even pivot um, to tell an ever evolving story. Um, should, speaking, should. speaking of pivoting uh, though, like uh, we're, we're getting close to the end here. Um, and 
as the drift crisis approaches its eventual end, there's going to be kind of this question of what does it mean going forward? Like, what are some of the things in broad strokes that this this the drift crisis might open up for us or even for some of these gems and players? Yeah, I mean, you know, in a very broad sense, what is what does an event like this mean for Starfinder as a as a brand, as a as a game overall? Like what what possibilities are there now that we're doing something like this? It, this is new for us, right? This is new for everybody. So we're really excited to see. I mean, it's already been really fun to see people speculating on what might be causing the drift crisis um, and talking about adventures they want to have. Um, so just seeing how this plays out is something that we're keeping a very close eye on because it could very well inform sort of the things that we do in the future, right? Um, but in terms of in setting stuff, you know, we're already, we've already worked on stuff that is. Uh, that is directly tied to certain changes that will come about as the result of the drift crisis. I don't know if I want to, you know, I'll, I'll leave it to you, you two, yeah. to decide if we <laughs> specify any more than that. It is in the book, so you can read up, you know, if you want to read about some of the potential outcomes of the drift crisis that is in there. And and we are taking some of those things and running with them in a big way. Um, so it's very exciting to to have that sort of track laid out in front of us um, where we can go all sorts of different ways and in fact, already are. So maybe that's too vague. I, I leave it to you too. <laughs> well, do you want to add anything to that? Well, I was thinking that there's, there's also the fact that this is a, a year long event. So we're, we've got things that are playing out, not just in this book and in the, the two APs that are connected to it, but also we've got uh, scenarios that are playing out over an organized play that'll be tied into it. And a couple of other things that down the line that, you know, might be tied in, might not be, we'll, we'll see. There's a few other things down the line this year that could be very interesting, I think. Yeah, one, one of the other <laughs> wonderful things about uh, the drift crisis and kind of it being a fun uh, experiment on, on uh, Starfinder's part is that we are opening the doors to so many different stories being told, but also potentially being true. Like we're really excited as, as creators to be hearing about what you are doing with the drift crisis. Are you playing the APs as written? Fantastic. Are you playing any of the other uh, published adventures that we're doing? Cool. Are you creating your own based on some of these adventure seeds? Have you taken one of these adventure seeds and, and given it its own novel twist and like, how, what room, what, what version of the cause of the drift crisis or the solution to the drift crisis did you go with? Uh, did you mash up some of these adventure hooks? Um, these are all stories that like can kind of simultaneously in a witch warper way be true because it's a big, big galaxy. And even if you are playing out a drift crisis story that is only affecting one small moon somewhere in the past, you are part of a greater whole. You are parting, telling a part of a much bigger story and, and together it just makes the drift crisis so much more interesting. So we're excited to hear about it. But on top of that, this has coincided really nicely uh, with the fairly recent release of Pathfinder Infinite and Starfinder Infinite. So this is also an, an opportunity for you to be exploring some of these adventures and narratives in a in a published way if you want to be creating some of the content using that that licensing program um and, and sales platform so uh like if you want to be 
elaborating upon the various cool ideas that are in this book and, and providing more pick up and go sorts of adventure content for others to enjoy. This is a great moment to get in on that. So Drift Crisis is just a huge storytelling possibility and we're so thrilled to see what happens. Absolutely, yeah. Can't wait. <laughs> uh, got just about two or three more minutes before we need to wrap up. So uh, any closing thoughts that uh, people want to add into that? I mean, I'd love to spout off some of the cool things that are in the book for players uh, that are tied, sort of, and some of the adventure seeds you might not necessarily expect. So uh -huh. for example, uh, there's a swarm focused adventure uh, where the player option are sort of anti-swarm, anti-telepathy weapons that break up the hive mind ability of many swarm creatures. Um, and it's because, you know, the swarm is also disrupted by the drift crash and drift crisis and can't reinforce some planet that they're trying to take over. And so there's a, res a resurgence in effort to take back, to, to fight off the swarm. And so that like, who would see that coming necessarily, but it is a consequence of the drift crisis. Um, there's there's uh, one of my favorites is the sort of what we have been calling in-house the Drift Titanic storyline, which is yes. this huge luxury ship that wants to go on a maiden voyage. And, you know, because of hubris, they're like, ah, we'll be fine. We can go into the drift. It's not fine. It doesn't work out well for them. But if you're there on the ship, you get to have quite the adventure. And and that also, the player and options. And the best thing about fun. that they're one, just... mm -hmm. uh -huh. the best so... thing about that one is you're constantly being, you have to deal with Zoe. The entire time you're, yes. you're on that ship <laughs> he is just constantly totally. there bothering you the whole time you're dealing with that <laughs> drift titanic situation it's great <laughs> no, nothing nothing capitalizes on a crisis like a reality tv host <laughs> exactly <laughs> and my other favorite uh bit and i forget if we already showed the vork clash art um but, i don't think we have that's a uh, image four i think yeah uh, okay Yes. So this this is this is a creature that's formed when planar material gets mashed up together by the drift, and that's another big theme of the drift crisis and the drift crash is that planar material is being ejected all over the place and in, back into other planes where it doesn't belong. And so the number of stories that that adventure seat is more of a like here's a billion different things that could have happened, and they're all really interesting. Each one could be its own fun adventure, and uh, sort of the player option that goes along with that is a bunch of planar themed magic serums, which I just love. So uh, there's just so much so much in here that uh, is really can be really unexpected. And I, I really think it speaks to the the galaxy spanning event that we've got going on here. So I really hope, hope people enjoy it and tell us all about their adventures in it. Yes, please tell us everything. I, I want to hear. <laughs> I want to hear everything mm -hmm. on social media. I want to I want to hear adventures. Same. Fantastic. <laughs> So uh, all sorts of opportunities ahead. Uh, Drift Crisis is a hardcover book that is, yeah, I think uh, came out officially about two days ago. So you can pick it up right now, whether it's in your local game store on piracy.com, uh, et cetera. We've got digital uh, PDF versions as well. Um, so dig into it, have fun, tell great stories. And if you want more great stories, stick around because in about 10 minutes, there's going to be a follow-up panel about telling stories in the Drift Crisis. Uh, not only some of our upcoming uh, published adventures, but other possibilities where Sol's going to be joining in with some other quality panelists. And we really hope to see you then. It's been fantastic. Uh, and have a great PaizoCon, uh, whether it's in person or online. Thanks, folks.